What's going on, guys? Your host, your boy, George McKay, back again at Straight Talk Studios. Man, oh, man, do I got a lot of changes happening, a lot of cool things going on. And it's not just the kick-ass Joker poster behind me. No, no. I have another returning guest, a close personal friend. And that's not showbiz talk because we legitimately talk on Facebook very often. Please help me welcome back to Straight Talk Wrestling, one of the heads of GSW, that's Global Syndicate Wrestling, Brandon Iscari. How are you, my friend? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me back, my friend. I appreciate it. Oh, man, you don't have to thank me. Thank you for giving me the time. Anytime somebody says, hey, man, can we get back on and do it again? I love the first conversation. All that does is just get me in the feels right here. Gets me right here. <laughs> so we got a lot to talk about. I mean, a few things obviously being I just dropped my conversation with Gio and it's doing very, very well. A lot of people loving Gio and what he does and how he represents the company. Now, before this drops, obviously your five questions with the mini host drop. So I got to ask you, I mean, when we were planning this, you were like, I'm not ready for those five questions. They're tough. How were her five questions? Can I get a review? How did you dig on the mini host five questions? The questions were fantastic, but she's very intense. You know, she is a, a tough interviewer. <laughs> I don't think if she was uh, the manager at a store and I was applying for a job, I think I wouldn't have gotten it. <laughs> you're probably right there you go so to my little mini me if you ever get a management role uh brandon Ascari says that you're going to be one tough cookie to impress in this mm -hmm. world but let's be honest nowadays i mean the generation of going to interviews has changed so much because of covid and everything they do it's so hard to really gauge someone's personality and work ethic through the computer like if you're interviewing for, say, a cameraman on GSW or interviewing for the sound guy at GSW, and this is in the early stages of GSW, this is pretty much how you could do it. There was no face-to-face -face contact until the vaccines kind of came out. What did you, how did you kind of weed out who you wanted to take part in the behind-the-scenes work at GSW? So behind the scenes wise, it's mostly connections that I've had and fostered over the last several years. So it's people that I've known, uh, you know, in the production department, for instance, these are people that I've worked with and known for three to 10 years at this point. Um, so they're all well-trusted connections. Um, bringing on new people really has not happened much, usually when it does. And it's the same thing I'll throw out there for people who are looking to get booked on our shows. As, as much as I love sending me matches, it does take me a long time to get to them. So nine times out of 10, if you know somebody who's in my trusted circle, get to know one of them because when they recommend me, that jumps to the top of my list. So that's generally, it's like if somebody who I know knows really good wrestlers says, hey, check this guy out, and I only have time to watch one match, I'm going to the one that I already know and uh, one that's already comes from a source that I'm familiar with. So the, the other ones, I get to them. I always uh, eventually watch them, but it, it does take a while. Absolutely, absolutely. So one thing I definitely got to talk about, um, I want to get it off the table right now, and I'm pretty sure you knew this question was coming. Michael Elgin, we know what happened. We know everything. Like when we talked about the first conversation that we had, we talked about, you know, you vetted everything. You kind of researched yeah. and you looked, you looked at what was the best for business and at the end of the day that's what it comes down to it comes down to the wrestling business personal stuff aside you looked at it you gave him an opportunity and unfortunately no fault of gsw's things yeah. just didn't work out have you had any contact with michael or when you had to replace him for that last minute edition which was <laughs> fantastic by the way I, I know you saw my story when mad dog mad cross came out like my my wife filmed my reaction my reaction was like Man, I wonder who the hell he's gonna get, man. Like, I can't wait. And then Mad Dogs, I was like, 
shut the fuck. I was like, oh my God. I was like, what? So, um, so yeah, I mean, and not everything works out, you know, you, you know, as much as you know, things happen. And I, I will say in general, I feel bad for him. He, I know he's going through a lot personally and, you know, the, the actions are not justified, of course. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it, it's sad to see somebody with that much talent um, go through this and then react the way that they did. And there's nothing we could do about it. We reached out, you know, when he first called out and just, hey, anything you need, we're here for you. We'll help you out, whatever. Um, hope you're OK. And then, you know, as time went on, we found out more of what happened. So. It's sad to see, um, but of course, Matt Cross came in, and I think that was the right choice. He is absolutely a fantastic performer. We look forward to working with him again in the future, you know, um, and it was just, it worked out for, for the best, I think. Absolutely, man. I mean, like, the, like we, we talked about, we talked about Inception and how fantastic it was of a successful first event, first big pay-per-view event. And all the stuff you've done on the YouTube, all the stuff you've done uh, to prepare for Catalyst. And then Catalyst came along. You had a couple bumps, but you knocked it. You knocked mm -hmm. it right out of the park. And even though it, there was that little bit of a feed issue at the end, I went back and watched the final, rewatched the final match. And it was everything that I knew it was going to be. And now we're talking. So you've upped the ante twice. You're, you're psychotic. The first, the first uh, event was amazing. The second event was just crazy. Like as a wrestling fan, it gave me everything that I was missing over here because there was nothing happening. And now yeah. things are opening up and I, I've been to a few shows already and they've been great. But all I keep looking at is the 20th and 21st. That's all I care about right now in my August. And I'm sitting here going two days. What else could these guys pull out? And then boom, you fucking drop Josh Alexander who is also a very close friend of mine, the walking weapon, probably mm -hmm. hands down one of the best X division champions we've had in the last five years. Oh, yeah. And now, and now you've got him in a place where I could see all these wonderful violent <laughs> designs. And, mm -hmm. you know, last time we talked about the mind of a booker and I, I threw out some ideas. So, I mean, obviously we know who he's facing the first match and it's going to be a great introduction to the GSW faithful to see who he is if they don't know. And if they don't know, please, ladies and gentlemen, do your research because mm -hmm. you're missing out on quite a bit. But let's talk beyond Global Festival. Mm -hmm. Let's talk Fatou. Mm -hmm. Let's talk Hammerstone. Let's Ooh. talk Dickinson. Let's oh. let's talk all of these <laughs> roles. In, can you give me a fatal four-way for the GSW Heavyweight Championship? I would rather not because then there's that ruins the fact that I could have four different freaking bangers one after the other. It's true. It's true. It's true. You should put Hammerstone through the gauntlet. Yeah. Let him run all three, man. He's where he can do it. He can do it. Uh, I don't know about that, to be honest with you. You know what? When he watches this, he's going to look back and say, I'm going to fly to Canada just to punch this guy in the face. Every time he talks to Brandon, he keeps fucking throwing me in these situations that I don't want to be in. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Global Festival, two-day event. How do you, how do you sit? and pick through all this incredible talent that you've built together and figure out what night one and night two, because it doesn't really matter. Both nights are going to be jaw dropping. Mm -hmm. Both nights are going to be a stellar. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, I apologize. Mm -hmm. This will be available on YouTube or is it strictly on fight TV or is it on both? This is going to be completely free on YouTube. Wow. Are you, are you feeling okay? Has COVID hit you? You have COVID. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank God. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having the show. Absolutely. <laughs> but two free days on YouTube with mm -hmm. a stellar card that you've packed. And I could, all I could say is that I know it's going to be a huge success. You know you're going to have one, one view right from me and from mm -hmm. my, my wife. My wife and my MLW Rewind uh, co-host, Rob, we all got together with the mini host. We watched Catalyst. And my wife was just thoroughly entertained. And my mm -hmm. wife is my wife is a WWE baby. She's okay. about the bright lights, the big production. Now, mm -hmm. since I started the podcast, we both branched out into the indie world. And she loves the indie. She loves the gritty. Okay. And the one thing she said to me after we watched Catalyst, because she didn't get to watch Inception with me. But after mm -hmm. we watched Catalyst, she, she said to me, um, babe, that was the most entertaining show that I've seen in a while. It gave me that indie feel that I missed, but it gave me the big pop of what I could see in the future. And, and, you know, she's never wrong. She told me I, I, I should have started this podcast 10 years ago and I, I can't disagree with her, but I'm here now. So that's the most important thing. I was late to the game, but I've, I've come in pretty strong to the party, but I mean, you, uh, that's somebody who, like I said, is born in the big production. If you can draw in those fans, how much does that mean to you to draw those fans in to focus on your product, which again, it's, it's almost like NXT in a way. I look at it like this way. Like it started off as a whisper and then word just got around and then yeah. it kind of became a, a little bit of a conversation, but word continued to get around. Yeah. And now we're looking at a possible, you know, changing of the game when it comes to wrestling in North America, an upstart company that literally came in guns blazing, took it for what it was, knew what it was, and rose very quickly. And you're rewarding us by giving us two nights free. So on behalf of me and all the GSW faithful, thank you, sir, because I appreciate it. Dude. I can't wait. No, I appreciate everyone. Um, if you're okay with a long answer, I'd be more than I'll break it down completely. Um, the first part would be she is exactly the fan base that we're targeting. So I'm glad that it's working because when we first started, I said, you know, there is a niche audience and that niche audience is kind of the, the forgotten fans, as I call them. You go back 10, 15 years and you look at what the ratings for WWE, Impact, any of those companies were, and they were in the millions. Nowadays, you're in the 800,000 for what, uh, for AEW and maybe 1.1, 1.2-ish for WWE. So when WWE used to be, what, two to five million viewers a week and Impact was drawing consistently a one and a half million viewers or whatever, those people for the most part are still around and they still like wrestling. And I've had a lot of conversations with people who used to watch WWE back in the day. And they're like, man, I love wrestling, but you know, it kind of went in a direction that I didn't like. Uh, okay. Uh, what was it that you liked about wrestling? Well, I liked when it was like more serious, when it was just like less, you know, goofy stuff and more like, here's a good guy, here's a bad guy, and let's see who wins the fight. So the idea is we're kind of targeting a niche, but really we're targeting the biggest market that existed in professional wrestling, which was the, the several millions of people that used to like wrestling and say, hey, you remember how good it was back in the olden days? We're, we're the nostalgia act. We're, you remember how good it was back then? Well, it's back here. We're the, we're the vinyl. That's what we are. We're the vinyl of professional wrestling. 
I like it. I, I think that's the perfect answer. You are the vinyl of professional wrestling, but you're you're the vinyl that will continue to play. And like, I, dude, I've gone back and watched Catalyst because I mean, I own it. I paid fifty bucks for it. It's mine. It's on Fight TV. It's on the cloud. I can go back and watch it anytime <laughs> I want. And I've watched both so many times that I'm just waiting. Now, obviously, you know, I'm a big component or a big uh, proponent of women's wrestling. And obviously the semifinal, you already announced it's going to take place night one. You got two barn burners, Allison K versus Trisha Dora. I mean, you're asking me to pick a winner and I'm not going to, because I'm not going to do that. But then you got Deanna Parazzo, who is literally hands down, probably one of the top females of 2020 and 2021. Mm -hmm. She put the work in and she's made a name for herself all over the place. We've seen her on, you know, AAA. We've seen her on uh impact is killing it now we know she's been invited to nwa for their women's turn well actually not really invited almost kind of strong-armed really they didn't really want to take no for an answer and then yeah. you got and then you got vicky who she's facing which is it's a tall task for vicky so obviously i mean the way i just shone a spotlight on diana we know which way i'm leaning i'm, I'm leaning to diana but i mean that tournament was insane and it's just gone steady and I mean, you got Allison K and Trisha Dore, and then you got Deanna and Vicky. Like, I mean, you lined up literally four of the strongest women in your tournament and you, you, you lined them up right there. So night one, and then we're going to have the final on night two. So these, these ladies are wrestling essentially a back-to-back. -back. You're going you're gonna to wrestle once, go home, dust it off, and you're going to get right back in the ring. We're going to do it all over again. Yeah. So, and this is for uh, the newly crowned, you know, GSW Women's Champion. This is going to be another possible belt that Deanna Parazzo can, uh, you know, collect. If she, I mean, if anybody's the female belt collector these days, she's got her name in the running, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but then you got Allison Kay and, and Trisha Dora. And Trisha Dora, for me, is a dark horse because she's got so much power, but again, she's still so young. So she's going up against somebody who's been in the game for a long time. You talked about Impact. You talked about NWA. We talked about all these things and whose name has been all over those companies. Allison Kay. She's been mm -hmm. well-represented in both. She was an NWA Women's Champion. That is, again, a great prize to possess in this business. So when you look at those four ladies, I mean, I know at the end of the day, it's your promotion. When you look at those four ladies, like, do, do you have the popcorn ready? Are you ready for what these four women are going to do in that ring? I mean, I'll be completely honest with you. I, it's hard to say who was going to win from the first round. There were eight of arguably the best women wrestlers in the world today. And they all came in and they busted. I mean, the round, the first round was incredible. Every single match was, as you say, a barn burner. It's fantastic. Um, now you're down to Vicky, who you never know. Yeah, Deanna is definitely the veteran in the industry she is a time-tested champion one of the best technicians in the world and she's sure as hell proved that when she fought jordan blade because that was a technical masterpiece um but vicky's good at pulling a fast one so you never know if she's going to be able to just oh out of nowhere catch her with something off guard you never know um then the same thing allison k you have one of the most time-tested well-respected and world-renowned champions in history from the NWA to several other places, but then you have Trisha Dora, who really above anyone else, not only in GSW, but recently across the whole independent scene has proven herself as somebody who could go, what, an hour, two hours? Like, is somebody who could do that? She is literally like the Iron Woman. So experience or not, you've got somebody where maybe if Allison can't finish the match in the first 15, 20 minutes, 
then maybe the advantage goes to Trish. So I, I think no matter what you're looking at fantastic matches, no matter how you look at what the finals could be, there's still a lot of options left. And I think no matter who walks out as the champion is going to be absolutely fantastic. Absolutely. And the great thing about Allison Kay and Trisha Dora that intrigues me the most is that, is that that's a possible matchup we could see in that ROH women's tournament, which okay. I, I, I mean, and so this is almost like a prelude to what we could see in the ROH, but these, mm -hmm. all four of these ladies, I'm not going to hold any punches here. you got some great matches lined up in this card, but these two matches and obviously the finals, whenever, whoever will be in the finals, these are the three matches I'm looking forward to over these two days because there is literally so many variables. Now, there's also one other variable. I mean, uh, God love her. She's a good friend of mine, and thank God she is a good friend of mine. But you've, yeah. you've banned her from the building. She's found mm -hmm. her way back. You've yeah. tried to stop her from, at every turn, getting involved and sticking her nose in. But there is the variable that is Masha Slamovich. She's, yeah. she's always, I mean, at Catalyst, she found her way in and you, your security could do nothing to stop her. They couldn't stop her. She is an absolute pain in the ass that they're not. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this is going to air about a week before the event. I don't want you to give away any of your security strategy, but how do you plan to keep Masha from sticking her nose into this and trying so, to favor these matches to play yeah. out in her favor down the line? So the, the interesting thing about this building is specifically because of that, we looked at the House of Independence because they provide their entire security team. So we should not have an issue when it comes to security. I think they've got about seven for our big shows. The smaller shows, I think the high voltage ones are like four security. We only had two, one at each door. Uh, and that was not enough, obviously. So for the big shows during the women's tournament, there should be people upwards of seven security guards. So I, I would assume she's not going to be able to get through that many people. But, you know, she is she is pretty violent. So <laughs> pretty violent and understatement, Brandon. You and I are, are good friends, but let's not hold any punches. If yeah. she wants in, she'll get in. I mean, this girl is so intense that i could see her taking a jackhammer to the side of the building if she had to and if that happens i'm now taking no liabilities in any of that if i've given her the idea i'm not taking any liabilities yes. <laughs> so talk to me about let's talk about austin aries i mean last okay. time we talked we talked about how you know uh, even in the five questions you mentioned how he was one of the biggest acquisitions that you had we talked about how the last time around he said you know i at this point in my career I'm all about just telling great stories and helping put over the younger guys. And there's mm -hmm. nobody with a brighter future in GSW than Gio Galvano. And I asked him in the interview that we have, which just dropped, which is available on all audio platforms and on YouTube, be sure to subscribe, like, and comment. Uh, yeah. And don't forget to subscribe while you're watching this one, please. Everybody loves to watch them, but very rarely do you take the three seconds to hit that damn subscribe button. So please help, help a brother out. You want to keep the content going. I just need the love. That's all I need. Otherwise, Masha will kill you. Yes, she will. And she, like I said, she's a friend of mine. Okay. I've known her for years and she'll fuck you up without a, without a problem. She will fuck. She will try. She will pull a J and silent Bob and she will fly to every person who doesn't subscribe and she will punch them in the face. Yep. <laughs> So, I mean, he's talked about how he's all about putting guys over and Gio is definitely uh, the future of GSW. He's definitely one of the bright spots in the future of wrestling. I enjoy watching him work and I enjoy um, seeing him grow. And there's no bigger test 
than him going at Austin Aries. I mean, you're talking legend in the sport, legend in the game, negative or positive, people know his name. And you're talking about a tall test. And when I talked to Gio, he was pretty confident in the fact that he's going to stick to his game plan. But the one thing I didn't mention to him, and I'm going to mention to you, is that Austin Aries has no game plan. Austin Aries goes off of what Austin Aries feels. If in the ring he feels that something could turn to his advantage, he's going to use it. And I don't mean by bringing weapons. I don't mean anything like that. I mean, if there's a small opening that Gio hasn't thought about, because you can't think of every angle, you just can't. If there's something Gio hasn't thought of, Austin is going to expose that. So, I mean, going into this match from your perspective, yes, you are the, you know, you are the head, you are the booker, you are the man. But going into this, what is strategy does Gio have to do to counter Austin? Because, I mean, in the end of the day, Gio may be the champ, but he's the underdog in this match. So I think Gio had uh, an interesting point when he said what works to his advantage. Um, I think anytime he tries to match Aries cunning, he's going to fail. He does not have the experience that Aries has. He will try something. Aries already knows what he's going to do. For Gio, it's all about, you know, he probably has the advantage in strength and endurance. You know, he's not half his age, but he has certainly been, soccer cardio is insane. Uh, it doesn't matter how long you could wrestle. Gio could go out there and wrestle for five hours and he's not even going to break a sweat. So his only opportunity is to try and outlast him. And that's a big task because Aries is known to be a workhorse who could go the test of time. So, but I think that is really where Gio has the upper hand. It's, I don't want to call it like the old uh, Rocky Balboa movie where it's like, well, you know, you better hit him hard and you better hit him fast because, you know, five minutes into it, you're done. Uh, it's definitely not like that at all because we've seen Aries, he's gone almost 20 minutes in every match he's had in GSW and that's with having not wrestled for over a year, which is absolutely insane. But I think that is probably Gio's best opportunities. He has to stay on the defensive for as long as he can and let Aries try to get everything he can and just, all right, I got to work around it, work around it, let him tire himself out and then go in and just hit him with a good game and call it a day. It's a smart move. It's a smart move and it's a sound strategy and it's uh, definitely something that works to Gio's advantage. Uh, we talked about the soccer ball because soccer's in his blood. We talked about the soccer ball. We talked about like, you know, how come he doesn't get to come out with the gimmick and stuff like that. And, you know, not to put you on the spot, but you made a very poignant point uh, to me in, in one of our conversations that if he were to do that, that would overshadow everything he could do in the ring. He mm -hmm. would just be, you know, oh, cool. Here's a guy that comes with a soccer ball. And that's great. But you don't want to just be remembered for your entrance. You want to be remembered what you do inside the squared circle. Because when you're there, all eyes are on you and you have to keep those eyes locked on you at all time. So, I mean, has he ever approached you with any other gimmick ideas that you were just like, you know what, for us or for our product, I don't think it works. Has that ever happened? Or anybody on the roster, not just Geo? Uh, Geo, no. Uh, we've, uh, like I like to do with all of our wrestlers is call them up on the phone. You know, give me 20, 30 minutes of your time. Let me get to know you. Let me get to know your character and see how we can fit you into GSW and, you know, make a star out of you. That's my job is I want everybody in our company to be a star. And I have a very particular outlook based on my film background, based on my background in wrestling that 
may or may not help. It may or may not work. I would use our previous shows as an example and whoever's watching can make their own conclusion. Um, but no, Geo has never come with an idea that we were, you know, blatantly said no to. We've workshopped several ideas uh, that we've seen unfold so far. And a lot of it doesn't, and for me, and I think we talked about this before, it boils down to the entire act has to be part of the story. So your entrance has to be part of the story. You know, if you consider the, the plot, it's the beginning, middle, and end. Okay, well, I consider the beginning, the entrance, the middle, the match, and the end to be uh, the third act. So as you're traveling through this story, it's supposed to lead to the climax, then the falling action into the resolution. And each part of it is like a little mini arc along the way. So when you first walk out, people first see you. How you look and what song you chose tells them part of the story. Then your actions and way of entering the ring is the next part. Then the promo that you cut is the next part to what you do in the ring and how you act and your character and everything to the end of the match, how you react to winning or losing and then going to the back. So my hand more or less for everybody is in that aspect. Um, the personality part is more them. I may just give little notes on, hey, I think we should turn this knob up and, and you know, turn that one down a little bit, put this one on high heat, that one on low, you know, just to figure like, well, what fits more in the character? But we haven't had anything so outlandish where I was like, oh, there's no way to work with that at all. <laughs> well, that's good, I'm glad. So I've got to ask, because we talked about it earlier, putting Masha Slamovich in that triple threat, was that punishment? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, I mean, you put her in with the with K, KZT, which is a great talent. Also, I hope I'm saying it right, Gianni Kai. Um, so, again, two great talents. When the match was booked, when you announced it, I looked both girls up and very impressive. Uh, I feel I feel like I feel like this is payback from the uh, the high ups of GSW. Yeah, no, Masha's on our shit list right now. <laughs> the one thing that I don't take kindly to is intentionally trying to hurt one of my other stars. So right. most most importantly to me, yes, we're going out there, and obviously it's a competition. If you are scheduled to compete in a match for one fall, I want you to do everything you can to win. She was not supposed to be there and interfere in Hyen's match, especially after she just went through 18 minutes and damn near, you know, risked her life in that match. Then to attack somebody when they're down, I think is despicable. So, yes, there is a part of me that says, you know what? I'm going to sick every freaking monster I can find on her until somebody finally uh, takes the belt off of her. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But of course, Brandon, I mean, as much as, you know, you and I are, are friends, we're, we're good compadres. Uh, Masha's through and through got my support. So I know it's a tall hill for her to climb, but I unfortunately think she's still going to be rocking that gold when it's all said and done. And she's going to rock it with a bloody smile on her face. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, she is a tough cookie. That's for sure. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I can tell you, I'm hoping that she leaves without the solo syndicate championship. Absolutely. Another match I'm looking forward to on the card. I mean, the walking weapon versus David. The, the, the lone wolf for the walking. Like, Jesus Christ. You couldn't have booked more of a fan uh, dream match than mm -hmm. that one right there. And that one is going to be the hardest 
the loudest, the roughest match on the entire card. And this is what intrigues me the most about this is that this, this, in my opinion, I mean, I don't know where GSW is going with it, but again, in my opinion, this is a prelude to hammer. Like I've said, we mentioned all those names. This is a prelude to hammer. If whoever can get past the other in this match, in my opinion, has to get a straight shot to hammer for that GSW title. And I, I feel like this match, much like the women's matches are going to steal the show. I think these, this match has a caliber to be match of the night. It's very possible. I, uh, as a fan and as a promoter, I'm very excited about that match. Um, I think they're going to do all sorts of fun, painful things to each other. And I can't wait to see who gets the shit beaten out of them even more. Um, but the one thing I'm so happy about both nights, because originally when we were looking at it, we're like, oh, you know, night one doesn't look as big as night two. Night two doesn't look as big as night one. Like it kept going back and forth. And then finally we came across a balance where it was like, oh, you know, both nights are badass. Like this is insane. You got Hammerstone and Macklin, which is going to be insane. You've got the two semifinals of the women's tournament, which is insane. You have Aries and Geo, which is going to tear the freaking house down. Then on night two, you've got uh, Wrecking Ball, Ligurski, and Moose, which is ridiculous. You've got Richards and Alexander, which is absurd. You have the finals of whoever's left from those four ladies. It's just one after the other. It's like, Jesus, okay, these are really going to be damn good shows. So I don't even know which show I prefer at this point. I think I'm just going to enjoy both of them. Well, yeah, and obviously, I mean, you're making your champion work uh, both nights, which is great because he has to. I mean, you're going to rock the heavy, heavyweight championship. You better come to work. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong. Wrecking Ball and Moose intrigues me. Uh, I've gone on record a few times as saying I'm not the biggest Moose fan, even mm -hmm. when I had him on the show. And the great thing about when I had him on the show, because, again, this is straight talk wrestling. This is what I do. When I had him on the show, I just said to him, point blank, I said, you know, I never was a fan, but you won me over at Hard to Kill. And right away, cut me off. He goes, why? Because I did a Spanish fly and some flippy shit? I'm like, no. No, in my head, I'm thinking, no, you jerk. The reason why the reason why you won me over is because your loyalty to the brand and how you, you chose impact over everything else. That was integrity. You put your shit aside with, you know, Saban, with Swan. You put your shit aside to send a message. Then when that match was done, yeah, you made your intentions known 100%. No problem. But at the end yeah. of the day, loyalty to the brand. So in bringing Moose in, was that something that also attracted you was the fact that the loyalty and the integrity that he has shown in his run at impact thus far? I never thought about that, to be completely honest with you. Um, the way that I thought of it was, believe it or not, the last, I would argue, year to year and a half, I feel like Moose has stepped up his game a thousandfold. And when I first saw him a couple years ago, I was like, hmm, okay. Uh, I don't see anything special here, whatever, you know, I'd straight talk. It is what it is, you know, okay. And then over the last year, I started seeing his matches. Uh, what was it? EC3, um, I think Dreamer, that big storyline where they were trying to bring something like out of him. And I started to get intrigued and I'm like, okay, so they're now they're building him up in this whole like wrestling God thing. Like, I wonder how he would do against Wrecking Ball. Like, let's put him against one of our biggest monsters and see if he really is a wrestling god. I'm curious. 
Well, I feel like he's going to earn the uh, the name at Global, yeah. or he's going to lose it. Because, I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. I was pulling in that fatal four-way, Catalyst, I was pulling for somebody different. You know who I was pulling for. I was I breathing in. It was, I believe you were breathing in some rarefied air. I was breathing in some rarefied air. Tip of, uh, what is it, dynastic coffee? Dynastic. We're not drinking coffee right now, but dynastic no, nonetheless. But it's dynastic. <laughs> it is dynastic. That's right. I was pulling for somebody else. Now, mind you, he did not get pinned. So, therefore, in my opinion, he did not lose. It's only a matter of time before he gets another uh, shot at any gold in GSW. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, let's talk holiday versus holiday like that that is genius when i saw you book that and i knew who i know both men very well i've watched both men very well i'm like this fucking guy is like what are you are do you sneak into my room at night and like take shit out of my fucking brain because i always used to joke around with my uh my co-host on mlw used to be like man wouldn't holiday and holiday be like the sickest tag team ever but first they got to face each other and then find out how dynastic they both are and then Literally three weeks later, you drop the picture. I'm like, this motherfucker, this guy, what the yeah. hell? We did it. What can I say? Uh, I mean, that's just two fantastic talents. Um, and, you know, the same thing I was telling the mini host is when we look at who's going to be on the roster, not only do we look at do they fit in with our image, our niche of wrestling, but also when we're booking a storyline, it's like, well, you know, looking at these two people, how they wrestle, how they perform, who they are, who do they mesh with? And we're just like, hmm, this could be an interesting match. So yes, I broke into your house at night and, you know, extracted uh, like Inception or whatever, just took something out of your mind. And, uh, we, you know, that was a nugget. So thank you. No problem. I try anything I can do. You know what I mean? Anything I can do. I'm still waiting for my t-shirt, by the way, just saying. <laughs> yeah. Um. But the fact is, is that where do you go after Global Festival? Like it's, it's, you already said, it's going to be a banger. It's two great nights. You're giving it free to us on YouTube. And what's bell time for both nights? Is it 7 p.m.? 8 p.m. for the pay-per-views, 3 p.m. for the afternoon tapings. Okay. So 8, 8 p.m. So on YouTube, it'll be available at 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Perfect. Perfect. So everyone, every fan that's in the building at 3 p.m., please, yep. for the rest of us, that aren't going to be able to watch it till 8 p.m. Just be quiet. Yep. Just, just be quiet. Can you get everybody to sign a non-disclosure? Can you get everybody to sign a non-disclosure? Mm, I, I doubt it, but we could try. It <laughs> doesn't matter. I'm just going to stay off social media, and I'm going to enjoy it at 8 p.m. So both, both days, 8 p.m. bell time, and it's going to be a banger. It's also on SummerSlam weekend, so, I mean, you got to love that. Uh, what, do you, what do you do next? What is, after a two-night banger of an event, and I'm not asking you to give away anything down the line, but, well, maybe I am. Down in the future. What, what, what's next for GSW? What do we got going on? Well, what's already announced is February 19th, we're doing a joint show with Lucha Memes, Lucha X Pure Wrestling. So Fantastic. this is going to be a combination of the very best luchadors in the world going against the very best in GSW. Uh, a technical showcase of our talent versus the luchadors of their company. And I think that is going to be a fantastic, absolute barn burner of a, a show. Uh, there's not, I mean, it's that it's going to be a dream show, especially for anyone who has any fan likeliness for Lucha Libre. It's incredible. 
Um, we've also announced that we're looking at April 2nd for WrestleMania weekend. Uh, we're planning on doing a show. So other than that, I don't know, but we're, you know, seeing what's coming down the line. Man, I mean, everything you guys are doing is just great. And, and I got to ask, because these joint shows are always difficult. Because in any joint show, like a super show, it's always mm-hmm. hard to sit down with the, the other company and say, okay, you know what? This match, our guy needs to go over. This match, our guy needs to go over. And that kind of stuff. How do you work a joint show where everyone benefits? I mean, obviously, Lucha Memes is going to expose their talent to your audience. And you're going to expose your talent to their audience, which is great because people who may not know will now know. And that's what we need. We need more people to know about both great, great organizations. But how do you, how do you have that kind of tough love conversation, Brandon? I don't think it's tough love. I think it's like any happy relationship in the world. It's give and take. So it's okay. Well, I can see this happening, but in exchange, I need that happening. And it's just that, you know, wrestling match back and forth of, okay, let's figure out a middle ground that makes both sides happy where we could say, okay, this could happen, but that happens, that could happen, but this happens. And, you know, it, it hasn't been an issue so far. It's actually been a, a wonderful experience working with them. Personally, uh, working with the Lucha Memes owner, I, I've learned a lot. That's awesome. That's awesome. When somebody can, can, can give you, give you some knowledge and get you to level up. And obviously, I mean, you know, production side of stuff, you've got that on point, you know, what, what kinks you need to work out, you know, what things you need to do to get better. And one thing I do love is I got to say bravo to your free cam guys, because they gave us some great angles at catalyst. I absolutely will say that they gave us some fantastic, great angles. And I really enjoyed it. Like it gave me that feel like if I was sitting right in the front row Mm -hmm. and I, I, I could get a clean shot, of holiday getting screwed mm-hmm. and it was perfect because we needed people to see that particular moment but also yeah. the fact that your camera guys caught masha before fucking security got Masha, <laughs> that's a kudos to those gentlemen man they did it they did it <laughs> in terms of everything that you've achieved so far i mean there's always negative and positive comments you know the internet is free reign uh, but from what I've seen, a lot of people are very positive about what they see. I mean, I've got a, I got a great group of podcast brothers, the Dirty Heels. They're going to be at both events. Oh, They're yeah. fan- fantastic individuals. I know you're going to be doing a press conference with the League of Extraordinary Podcasters. I believe it's this Sunday. We're recording this on Thursday. I believe it's happening this Sunday. I unfortunately won't be there because I am taking the family to the zoo. Yeah, that's right. Daddy's going to be daddy. And I'm going to go with my little, my little angels. And we're going to walk around the zoo. We're going to eat unhealthy food. And we're going to stare at uh, a whole bunch of really kick-ass animals. So I'm excited for that. That's great. Absolutely, man. You got to have the family time. And that's the most important thing that I've realized Mm -hmm. because uh, we're nothing without family. Like I've made a lot of great connections with friends, but family is family. So shout out to all the League of Extraordinary Podcasters. I know that uh, that press conference is going to be killer. And I know they're going to ask the tough questions, but I'm already stealing some of the tough questions. So it is what it is. It's bound to happen. You know what? Don't, don't be afraid to say, well, you know, when I sat down with George, she actually asked that same question. So I'll give you the same answer. <laughs> I'm just going to say that the mini host stole everybody's thunder. <laughs> yes. Yes. Do it, please. She is the future. And I know it. She's better than me. A hundred percent, hundred percent better than me. But where do you, um, uh, with all this, all this positivity that you're having, there obviously is always negativity because people out there think they know better. What do you what do you do with the negativity? Because I myself recently experienced some negativity with some Yahoo bird on YouTube started insulting me, telling me I should quit podcasting and be a better parent 
Like you don't fucking know me. So I just yeah. did what anybody did. I didn't respond. I said, you know, Hey, thank you very much. And then I blocked him because I don't need that stuff in my life. And they give you the option to block. So it is what it is, but how do you yourself deal with the negativity? Because no matter how much positivity there is, there's always those negative naysayers in the world. Of course. I mean, for me, it's a, a comment to comment uh, journey. So I think that, you know, part of being in a free country is everybody has a right to their opinion. Um, for me personally, it's let me accept the comment, filter it and say, is there any merit? Is there anything I could learn or grow from this? You know, if it's just, hey, fuck you, you book, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, whatever. There's nothing I can do about that. But if it's, oh, you know, this sucked, that sucked. It's like, all right, well, you could have phrased it a little better, but let me actually think about it. How come they think it sucked? Let me think about it. Let me think about it from somebody else's perspective. That's one thing that we do a lot in film production. You're probably familiar with this is trying to put ourselves in somebody else's shoes to be able to understand them, whether it's the character or just the emotion going on in a scene or something. It's part of breaking something down as a director. So I try to break it down and think if there's anything that can make me understand why they have that opinion. And if there's something that I can learn from it, then I'll try to accept it and put it into practice. And if it's just like that unfiltered bullshit, then it just and goes. And that's it. And uh, I would say, generally speaking, I don't delete comments or anything. I, I try to just, it's there. You have an opinion, I can give a shit. Um, but I do, if I can, and I see a way where I could learn from it, I definitely think it's a, it's a growing experience and I welcome it. Absolutely. And the only time I ever myself delete comments or block somebody is if you insult my family or bring my kids into it. At the end of the day, exactly. it's not, you want to target me, you want to attack me, I can deal with it. You attack my family, that's a problem for me. And I'm not going to let the world showcase that at all. So speaking yeah. of family, you've mentioned a lot of sleepless nights. You mentioned mm -hmm. a lot of time probably focused on the two days at hand, but it's almost there. What have you plan promised to the missus to make up for all this time you're missing? Because let me tell you something, man, I've been married for 13 years. Okay, I've been together with my wife for 19. I love her to death, but she drives me crazy. I always say it. The hairline was here. Now it's mm -hmm. here. It'll happen. Brandon, get used to it. What have, you, what have you promised the missus for all the time that you've been away? Yeah, you post video uh, pictures on Facebook. You guys are lovey-dovey. You're great. You're a cute couple. Fantastic. You got the dog. Okay, fine. <laughs> but let's get down to beat potatoes. You've been away for a while. What have you promised? I mean, I'm talking, if she's, if she's around, I'm offering this. I'm not paying for any of it, but I'm thinking spa package. Okay, I'm thinking a weekend, some fancy ritzy hotel. I'm thinking that lady deserves a night on the town at the most expensive restaurant that Jersey has to offer. That's what I'm thinking. Jeez, I don't know if I could afford the festival if we do that. <laughs> uh, no, but we are doing a, a little two-day getaway next week. And I, I try, no matter how busy I am, at least an hour a day, I try to take her out and we go to the, the town or something and we walk around and enjoy, you know, uh, get a cup of coffee, go out to eat something, just spend time together. I, I try to be cognizant of that because I know I spend way too much time away from her and it, it really is unfair. And she's an absolute angel about that. And I, I couldn't ask for anybody better. But we are planning, you know, depending on the way the world's going we have places we want to go to it just it depends she's a full-time student so august is kind of her only month to travel 
which is the absolute worst month for me to travel. So it's tough. So we're just like literally in this entire month, I have two days back to back where we could do something. So I turned down a couple of jobs that tried to get me so we could enjoy two days together. We're going to do that. And then I would like to do a cruise uh, in the fall, but it depends whether school schedule, we'll see how it goes. It also depends with COVID and whatever the hell's going on with that. So you never know, but uh, I have some other big things planned that I can't be made privy to anyone. God forbid she sees it. So I'll leave that <laughs> for, for the future Facebook posts. Perfect. Perfect. Now talking about COVID, obviously the world is, you know, is getting a little bit more easy. Restricts are lifting. Last time you and I spoke over here in Ontario, Canada, we were on full lockdown. I couldn't yeah. even leave my house without like somebody looking at me like, where the fuck are you going? You going to grocery store? You better be going to grocery store. You better be going to work. Like I couldn't yeah. go anywhere, but now we can go to movie theaters. We can go to restaurants. Uh, my wife and I went like patio crazy. I got so drunk, like high school, like drunk. It was great. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, spent a lot of time with the kids. Like I said, many hosts and I have been to a few wrestling shows now. It's just, it's starting to feel like it used to. And that's yeah. the great part about it is. But we always have to be cognizant of COVID and what's still happening. Fully mm -hmm. vaxxed or non-fully vaxxed. Now, I know in certain parts of the world or certain parts of, of uh, how people are going is that if you're not vaccinated, um you're kind of not allowed to do a lot of shit yeah. but if you are vaccinated obviously you're a little bit more free will and it, it sucks but i think you and i actually spoke about that off camera the last time about how we could see something like this happening and it is kind of slowly happening it's yeah. it's not so much socialist or, or anything like that but it's definitely very it's black and white it's like listen you're you're vaxxed you got a lot more freedoms than if you're not vaxxed straight up and we kind of knew it was going to, and I don't want to get too political, but in terms yeah. of COVID policies and procedures for GSW, what are you doing for the fans that will be in attendance on uh, at 3 p.m. on both days? Yeah, so same as usual, we have our sanitizing stations. Um, you know, the, the place is clean before we go in there. Um, but again, in New Jersey, we're completely 100% open, no social distancing, no anything now. So we go by what the actual law is. I don't go by recommendations. I think recommendations are bullshit. Um, but whatever the rules are, we're more than happy to play by the rules. So, you know, yeah, you don't have to wear a mask if you're vaccinated. Um, if you are not, then you have to wear a mask. Uh, social distancing is not required. So, you know, everybody's going to be smushed together. And, uh, you know, if you, we would heavily ask, please, if you have any symptoms, just stay home. I know you paid for a ticket. I'd rather give you a refund if you're not feeling well than risk everybody's life. I think that's, you know, horrific. Um, so in general, it's really, compared to the previous shows, it's very lax. Um, it's just, you know, you want to sanitize, please use your best judgment. If you're vaccinated, you're, you know, mask-free, have fun. And if you're not vaccinated, then please wear a mask and, you know, it is what it is at this point absolutely absolutely and um that that's fantastic though that in jersey you guys are like full popping like i said we're slowly getting there now we're in our final stage and and things are going great things are looking up man and that's that's the most important part of it but um man you and i we, when we always get together we always get a chance to talk film uh and you mentioned something during the mini host interview that i i'm intrigued by because i myself was all, also a 90s anime kid now okay. some of my anime choices you may not dig on but i'm okay. gonna throw them out there anyways okay um obviously pokemon i was a big pokemon kid okay uh i was a huge digimon kid for a minute uh, i got into digimon hard um uh, also i have to stop you for a second did you notice any correlation between the high voltage theme song and the digimon theme song i did i did i loved it the first that's actually what 
See, I discovered you before I actually sat down with you. I was going down that YouTube rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. And what drew me to stop at high voltage was the correlation. I was like, mm -hmm. I was like, yo, even if this shit doesn't look good, I, I'll watch it because that song's up on in it. Yeah. So yes, 100 mm percent -hmm. So Digimon, obviously, Pokemon. Um, Sailor Moon. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I enjoyed Sailor Moon. I did. It was a great show. I loved it. Badass, you know, tech fighter. It was like the the anime version of Buffy the Vampire Slayer for me. Absolutely. Thank you. That's the way I kind of explained it to the mini host who doesn't want to watch it. But I'm not going to lie. I wasn't a big Sailor Moon fan herself. My girl. My girl was Mars. Ooh, I always love the fire. I love the fiery women, man. I don't know what it is. I like the girls that have nothing but attitude. And I married one. In my opinion, I married yeah. Sailor Mars. She's all kinds of energy. And I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, also, uh, obviously, Dragon Ball Z for here or there. I kind of felt, see, Dragon Ball Z was easy. You could step away and you could go back and you could pick up right where you left off. Yeah, their fight changed, but you could literally pick up where you left off. So Dragon Ball for sure. And then I got out of it for a minute, but then my buddy got me back into it like the early 2000s with mm -hmm. Afro Samurai. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Afro Samurai 1 or 2. He was. We were pretty much watching Pulp Fiction and he said to me, dude, you want to see Samuel Jackson and like his most underrated shit? Check yeah, out yeah. this stuff. So then I watch Afro Samurai and I'm like, okay, hold on. He's the voice. This is bloody as shit. And RZA did all the music. Yeah, I'm fucking in. So it was a slam dunk. And both were solid. I loved one. I loved one and two. I thought they were, I actually own them on Blu-ray. Uh, you know, collector special, crazy, stupid, overpriced <laughs> editions. Yeah, I went all out for that shit. 100%. I do the same thing. <clears throat> so in terms of uh, like the first love for anime, where did, where, where did you discover it? Like for me, I discovered it through friends. I discovered it through Pokemon. One day my buddy came in, he had these Pokemon cards and he's like, yo, this is a show. I'm like, fuck a fucking show. What are you talking about? And then he went and showed me and I was like, okay, Ash Ketchum is lame, but I do like Pikachu. So I'm all in on Pikachu. I hated Ash. I could do without Ash, honestly, but I did love Pikachu. So what about you? What was your first love or discovery of anime? 1998. I was four years old and I turned on uh, Dragon Ball Z and I saw the, what was it at the time? The ocean dub. Yeah. And it just, it, I, it was one of the best, like, I'm like, all right, I need to see this next week. Then I started watching Pokemon after that. Cause I got into the whole like Toonami. It was just, that's what it was. You get home from school. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. And then from like three to six o'clock, it was just bangers one way after one after the other it was pokemon only johto or kanto league for me um then it was yu yu Hakusho. there was gundam wing there was uh, uh dragon ball z it was just one right after the other it was like holy shit and then when it switched to adult swim it's like okay now we get the uncut version so i get to see people bleed yes <laughs> absolutely so i gotta ask because i mean you, uh, we, we both watched the other movie were you a, a tuxedo mask dude or were you the, um, like when he did the Arabian nights thing? I, I was all about tuxedo mask after he went mm -hmm. Arabian. I was like, no, this is fucking weird. I don't know what's happening Same here. Same here. I was like, this is horrible. And the mm -hmm. fact what always used to piss me off is that everybody knew who everybody was, but yet they didn't. And they always passed each other. And I was like, fuck, you really can't tell. She doesn't wear a mask. You can't freaking tell. Come have on. You ever, have you ever seen a Korean drama? Yeah, a couple of them, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any of the romance ones, not the action. Well, even the action ones, where every time in the they have to do like that slow motion scene where like the two star-crossed lovers like 
walk right past each other in a crowd of people and then it goes close up close up freeze frame what the fuck absolutely the exact same thing where they just they for some reason it's like i didn't know that person was there you walked right past him what are you talking about you know what the um the movie serendipity with john john kuzak was like pretty much all korean romance based they did that shit through the whole movie they did it like 12 times and by the end of it, you were just like, okay, you know what I paid at the time? I paid 12 bucks for this and nobody's, nobody's getting to nobody. I didn't even see how it ended. I left. That was one of only three movies that I've left because I just, I couldn't take it. The other one was, uh, what were the other two? Oh, okay. This one was, um, uh, it was so bad that, uh, oh, okay. Spring Breakers. Yeah. I, I didn't give a fuck about that one. Oh, and then the wife, I hate Jennifer Lopez to all forms okay of being i hate jennifer lopez the only movie i could tolerate her in is the cell and only because vincent vincent d'onofrio steals the show for me in that movie but she made me sit through enough and let me tell you something right now about 25 minutes in Mm -hmm. i had had enough yeah Uh, excuse the pun but it's just god awful garbage there's so many ways that you can tell a story that Mm -hmm. they make logical sense and um yeah, just unfortunately for those three movies, I couldn't yeah. do it. I couldn't. Do it. I've yeah. only walked out of two, and okay. I seem to have a, I have a problem with thirds. Okay, so what did you walk out of? Pirates of the Caribbean three and Spider Man three. Oh, I suffered through both. I did. I did. I did. You're a trooper. I made it about twenty twenty to thirty minutes into each, and that was it. And I remember when the first Pirates came out, I was in my first semester of film school and the first Pirates came out and I was like, man, like this is just so to be based off a ride and to, because we hadn't seen a pirate movie in so long and all the other pirate movies I remember were fucking horrible. But this, this made you want to be a pirate. You wanted to sail the seven seas. You wanted to rob people blind. You wanted to figure out what was underneath the corset. You wanted to do all that shit. And then the second one was decent. And then the third one was just a straight, but you know, what was even worse than that. The fact that they made two more after. Yeah. That was the worst and surprising all at the same time. Crazy. Uh, I don't know how they do it. But before you go, since we're on the topic of film, two more questions. I'll let you go enjoy your evening. Out of all the movies that have come out in 20, since the last time we spoke, which I believe was just before Catalyst, so around February-ish, what have you enjoyed watching from then till now? I haven't seen a single movie from then till now. <laughs> I have been so busy with these shows. I have not watched one single movie since the last time we talked. Not one. I've seen a couple of really shitty reality TV shows that are just, you know, my girlfriend and I like watching like the the relationship reality TV, like Married at First Sight or 90 Day Fiance. We love watching that stupid shit. So we watch that from time to time because it's, you know, 40 minutes or whatever, and then you're on with your day. But I have not had the opportunity once to sit down and watch a movie, um, which I'm very sad about because I'm directing my first feature in September. So I need to start watching movies again and uh, get ready for that, which has uh, been a process. That's amazing, man. Congratulations. I was actually going to ask you if you got any projects in the works. So that was my other question. So you beat me to it. But I don't know if you've seen this, but I took a chance on this movie. I don't know if you can see the uh, the cover. I'm going to show it to you. But I took a chance on this movie. Um, it's uh, it's uh, a Chinese uh, action flick. It's called 
Deliver Us from Evil. I bought it on iTunes for like four bucks. When did that come out? This came out, according to this, this came out in 2021. Huh. Came out in 2021. Oh, my apologies. It's Korean. It's a Korean action flick. I apologize to anyone I defended. Korean action flick. Say that's even better, but it, it probably is. It, it, it's amazing. So I'll read you the uh, just the synopsis. An ex-government assassin determined to solve the kidnapping case of a little girl linked to his past finds himself the target of a deranged killer seeking revenge for his brother's death. Sounds like a Korean action movie, and those are my favorites. So I will watch that. Check it out. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I actually, like I said, uh, I, I took a shot on it for like, I think it was six or seven, I, between four and eight bucks. It was on iTunes. I was like, you know what? I was sick one day. I was like, I like these kind of movies. I mean, and it reminded me very much along the same lines. Now I get it's different, you know, Hong Kong, Korean, different style, but it reminded me very much of The Killers. The way the concept and the story flowed, it reminded me a lot of The Killers. And The Killers is a movie that I hold very, very high in my heart because I just mm, enjoyed uh, it. Killer? The Killer? The killer, John sorry, the Bill killer. Bill yeah, yeah. Chow Young Fat and yeah. John, yeah, great movie. I favorite. loved it. And that was my favorite uh, gun action movie of all time. Uh, I break it down like martial arts action, you know, whatever modern Matt Damon kind of action, and then you know, gun fighting, sword fighting, and my favorite was the John Woo Chow Young Fat series from A Better Tomorrow, The Killer, Hard Boiled, all of them. I can watch Hard Boiled all day long. And you know what? I stay warm. I stay warm during that movie. <laughs> what was it? Like three and a half, four minutes of one continuous take. The fight scene through the elevators in the hospital just going through is like, this is just a mastery of cinema that people will never truly understand how difficult it is to actually do back then when you didn't have special effects and they were doing all the gunshots with a cheese plate, a little bobcat firework, and a condom full of blood with wires run off to the side. And somebody touches it to a nine-volt battery, and there's your gunshot. Mm -hmm. People Nobody don't – we see, we as, as independent amateur filmmakers, we appreciate those things because we've worked on a budget. Let me tell you yeah. something, okay? Corn syrup, I've got – I had a lot of it stocked in my fridge at one point. When I needed blood, corn syrup was my goddamn best friend, Okay. Yeah. But talk to me before we go, talk to me about your feature, man. What are we working on? What's it about? I'm so glad that you're behind the lens again and uh, showcasing it to the world. And don't forget to tag me when that stuff drops because we wouldn't mind having you back on the show. We did one for Danny Limelight. He had a short film, Joe Riv. He's getting all okay. kinds of great reviews. We had him on the show. We talked about it. So I'd love to wrap film with you, man. Uh, we should do like a film, like cinema class thing, man, where you and I just sit down and discuss some of our all-time favorite movies and break them yep. down. Maybe we could turn each other on to a film that we didn't appreciate before. You know what I mean? I guarantee we both could, for sure. Probably. Um, so, I mean, my style as a filmmaker, I'd start off by saying my biggest influence is Korean cinema. Um, I find their films from old boy to... Uh, any, well, any of Park Chan-wook's movies, whether it was Old Boy, Handmaiden, doesn't matter. He's fantastic. Uh, my favorite actor is uh, Huang Jung. I mean, uh, shit, I'm forgetting his name. Huang Jung Min, I think is his name. Um, you got it. Yeah. So he was one of my favorites. Uh, Ode to My Father was one of the like best from a just a story and acting perspective. I love those movies. And, um, and so this film, to me, when I found the script and was connected with the writer, it had that element of like Korean psychological thriller. When I read it, the first thing that came to mind was Old Boy. Uh, not 
I guess almost as twisted and dark actually. But um, the, the idea is that it's a, a young newlywed couple, recent college grads. They decide to go to, uh, instead of having like a honeymoon where they go and travel somewhere, they decided to go to her family's old lake house and spend uh, a week there for their honeymoon. Uh, there's a lot of backstory there. Her mother passed away at the lake house. Nobody knows why. The father hates uh, her husband, doesn't know that it's her husband yet, but hates her husband uh, because of the color of his skin. And it just uh, divulges into this interesting, like supernatural-esque thriller until it gets to the point where they have to call the father. And then you start learning a whole bunch of other things that happen in the film. And it's... Uh, I would argue masterfully written. I think the writer's insanely talented. It's his side hobby. He's actually a sound designer by trade, but his passion's writing independent horror and thriller scripts. And he looks for filmmakers who are of quality, who do a good job just to give him a, the script for free. I found an executive producer who funded the movie for me and uh, we're making it happen September 21st to October 2nd. We're gonna be in production and then we go into post for a while. Amazing. Dude, when it's done, you know, I love those independent horror thriller flicks. Yes. You know, slide a copy my way. Oh. I'd appreciate it because I would love to dig it. And you know, I would be honest with you. I'd be honest with you. I'd tell you the straight shot. That's true. I think when I have a, a rough cut, I may have to drive up to Canada and bring a couple beers with me and we'll have a screening. <laughs> done. You could crash on the couch. The wife would love to see you. The mini host would geek out and I would just be taking pictures be like, Yo, GSW in the building. You're coming to the north, baby. It'll be great. It'll be great, dude. Oh, man. Brandon, <clears throat> always a pleasure, my brother, to have you back on the show. I cannot wait for Global Festival both nights, YouTube, 8 o'clock. If you're lucky enough to be going, don't spoil it. But if you do, I understand. <laughs> Guy, are tickets still available, Brandon? you still have some seats left, or are we sold yeah. out here? Nope, we're not sold out yet. We still have... Uh... Not too many tickets, but we have uh, enough where if you want to get either uh, front, second, or GA, um, there's still a few available in each category. So more than happy to see you. Uh, we'd love to have you come, you know, get your tickets, gswpro.com. They're on Eventbrite if you search Global Syndicate Wrestling, but gswpro.com is kind of the one-stop shop for links to everything. Amazing. Amazing. And there's always merch on there. Everybody's on there, man. So check it out. Support. This is a great organization run by a great human being and a roster of talented, incredible people. And you know, you got us watching both days. I cannot wait. I'm going to be sharing all kinds. I'm even going to miss SummerSlam for it. Fuck it. We're going to roll it because it's on I, a Saturday. I appreciate you. Thank you. Absolutely, brother. Uh, before you go, please shout out all the socials. Let everybody know if they're stupid enough from the last time we spoke to not be watching GSW, where they could find this wonderful product. Well, first of all, if you haven't subscribed, how dare you? Masha will come after you. Uh, Instagram is at GSW Pro. Twitter's at GSW underscore Pro because they didn't have the same one, sadly. I wonder who has GSW Pro on Twitter, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, Facebook is Global Syndicate Wrestling and GSWPro.com. Absolutely. And there also is a Global Syndicate Wrestling discussion group, which is fantastic, where a lot of people share uh, interesting views on the product. And it is great. I'm part of it. Uh, I've posted a lot of my uh, podcast stuff in there when it's featured somebody from GSW. And it's great. And let me tell you guys something right now. When this drops, we are going to be literally a week and a bit out. But a couple days before this drops, I got somebody else from GSW coming. Brandon knows, but I ain't going to say <laughs> shit. So keep eye on the socials. As always, peace, love, and wrestling. See you guys next time.
Peace. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode on all available podcast platforms and hosted on Podbean. Also, check us out on YouTube at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And if you feel the need to buy some sweet merch, check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com. Leaving the scene with no trace. None in my lead. You out of place. I'm not at the top. I'm out of space. Can't eat with us. We're out of place. I'm doing fine. I'm feeling great. You're not my fan. You can't relate. Straight talk going state to state.